Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Talking Tolkien. Today, we're talking chapter eight of book one of the Two Towers, being book two or three and four, really, of Lord of the Rings. Chapter is The Road to Isengard. Now, as always, we're going to take a moment and discuss what happened today in Middle Earth, followed by a brief moment where Chase catches us up on last week in the text and us talking about this week's reading. Once again, that's chapter eight, The Road to Isengard. And we'll close the show, as always, with our favorite things, both from the book and from the past week of our lives. I'm John. I'm Katie. And I'm Chase. All right, so Katie, today is February 25th, which is like Christmas, but not at all. (laughs) So would you catch us up on what Hobbit Yuletide rituals there are? And no, so what, what is happening on this day in Middle Earth? I don't even know where you were going with that, but okay. So on February 25th in Middle Earth, uh, the Fellowship, minus Gandalf once again, um, were they, they passed the Argonath on this day on the river. Remember the big giant statues and oh, looks up yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just didn't know that I forgot the name of them. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, so yeah, they passed the Argonath on the river. They camp at Parth Galen. Um, additionally, on this day, uh, Gandalf begins to journey south after having recovered in Lorien. So remember, he's just a little bit behind the rest of them. Right. Um, and then tomorrow, uh, of course, having just told you that, you, you, you will know that tomorrow uh, is the day of the death of Boromir. Oh, um, yeah. Also when Merry and Pippin were captured. Uh, also when Frodo has his kind of ordeal at Amon Hen and then Frodo and Sam split off and enter into Emin Wheel and so on and so forth. So tomorrow is the end and the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring and then Two Towers. Pretty much. So, all right. Yeah, pretty much. Or just continuation of Lord of the Rings or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Chase, will you catch us up on what we talked about last week? Big battle. I'll, I'll elaborate. They they make it to Helm's Deep and and Gandalf pieces out and goes off to do stuff. And they saw this big shadowy thing off in the horizon, and they fight throughout the night at Helm's Deep with like just a torrent of orcs. And get, it, 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 it was it was quite dramatic. Mm-hmm. And then they at their like last few warriors left, they ride out with King Theoden, and then Gandalf shows up with. I can't remember his name, but he was that kind of like... Um, Erkenbrand. Erkenbrand, yes. And the trees came... Well, the trees had kind of like moved to one side and a forest had formed and all the orcs who kind of ran off ran to the forest and were killed. And then that kind of was it. And I was expecting a big expedition... Expe- expedition? <laughs> Exposition dump. And it never happened. You know yep. what's funny? Didn't really happen in this chapter either, but some still like... Waiting for an exposition dump? They'll probably not get. <laughs> yeah, so in this chapter, we pretty much open right where we left off uh, in the morning after the battle. And if you remember, uh, sometime in Helm's Deep, or in the bat- during the Battle of Helm's Deep, Gimli got separated from his BFF leggy. <laughs> And uh, Right in the middle of their, their tallying. Their the running tally. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, yes, so Legolas made some quip about, oh, I'm sure he's in the caves. He must love that. And so, of course, the first thing that happens is people return from the caves, including Eomer, son of Eomund, and Gimli the dwarf. 
Uh, and it says Gimli's missing his his helmet, mm-hmm. uh, and there's some blood on his on his head. And the first thing Gimli does is he yells, 42, Legolas." <laughs> then he's like, "Alas, my axe is notched." The last, the last, uh, oh, sorry, the forty second had an ivory color on it. Sorry, ivory. 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 Oh. <laughs> I need to put my glasses. On. I'm like looking at my book over in the corner, and I can't see it. Anyway, yes, he he notched his glass. <laughs> John can speak he words. His battle axe on the forty-second. There you go. Wait, would he have a battle? No, I'm getting my axes mixed up. That you're right. <laughs> of all the things, I was wrong there. And then Legolas responds to this with, "With like, oh, I had you. You got one more than yeah, me. Yeah, you beat me by you one. Beat me by one. Yeah, yeah, yeah." Um, but but more so, he says, I'm just glad to see you, though. I'm glad to see you on, on your own two feet. I'm just glad to see you, Gilly. Yeah. Uh, what? Who? It's Leggy and Gilly. I mean, Leggy and Gilly. Gilly's pretty bad, though. I, I don't know about Gilly. I cannot condone these nicknames, guys. I can't. Gimli already sounds like a nickname. Hey, you you guys know what the first talking Tolshin... Tolshin? <laughs> Are you okay? Is he a Russian writer? What is happening <laughs> to us? Tolstoyevsky? The first... The first talking Tolkien T-shirt we should offer. Wow, that is a very alliterative phrase. Uh, we should we should make one that is the unbreakable Gimli Schmidt. I like it. I like it. We probably couldn't get away with it, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, they are talking about you know they're like chatting with with Legolas. I mean Gandalf. Wow, I am really you're really out of, you're out of it. And they're talking about the the obvious this sudden forest that just appeared out of nowhere the night prior yeah and they're like uh so gandalf how about you tell us like what you did here because throughout Gandalf was like oh this is none of me yeah they they had they kept having this so first of all first off like aomer is kind of in wonderment that gandalf arrived just at the right time which of course we had mentioned last time that that's one of the things that makes the battle of helms deep so kind of mythic and legendary and uh you know fantastic is that everything happens right at the right time and our heroes are victorious um but that's also just something that makes a wizard a wizard yeah a a wizard is never late he arrives precisely when he means to um except where you're saruman and 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 you screwed up (laughs) well i mean uh a a wizard who's doing as he should yes yes. um so yeah so and and aomer is wondering at this and then yeah as as you said the men kind of keep looking from the trees to gandalf and then back to the trees and then back to gandalf and again they're uh yeah they 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 seem to think that gandalf had something to do with the trees and gandalf finds this very funny and has a good laugh about it um but then he he does some he says some really great words which are again words that he as one of the istari should say and he says all i did was provide counsel and bring help um and he says that you the men really did well here that's that's what brought the victory was how 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 well you fought how bravely you fought and again that's what gandalf is supposed to be remember the istari are here to bring out the best of the the free people of middle earth and their fight against the enemy well in many ways like well, they needed they needed a victory that was not helped by gandalf but but basically for a lot of for a lot of the moments in this book where gandalf wasn't involved kind of ended in failure in a way mm-hmm. like Gimli and Legolas and Aragorn, they never quite got to Merry and Pippin 
but by that point, they'd already gone so far off. You know, Boromir had died on the being on the on the in the forest. They lost track of Sam and Frodo, and now it kind of like me to be a no. I was like, no, 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 no. This time you were by yourself and you succeeded. You did good. <laughs> all right, is your <laughs> your confidence well, built back up again? Counteract what what Wormtongue was saying. Yeah. And that, you know, like Gandalf, you only come and like give twisted wisdom and counsel to, you know, like deceive us and blah, blah, blah. And Gandalf, I, I feel like he's kind of thumbing his nose at that. He's like saying, no, 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 I give good counsel. It's just what you men do with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like previously the men either didn't follow his good counsel or corrupted it. And this time, like in their valiance, they like succeeded. Um, but yeah. And uh, of course, like, you know, like we said before, Gandalf kind of laughs and says, uh, no, no, I had nothing to do with the trees. And he says that the, 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 the trees, what's happening with the trees, this is a power that's older than wizards. Which is a really cool line. Yeah. Um, and uh, basically tells him, if you want to know more about the trees, come with me to Isengard. It's, it's time for us to go to Isengard. That's what needs to happen now. And everybody's like, everybody's like what, Isengard? Uh. And Gandalf is, says... If you come with me to Isengard, you will see much stranger things. Yeah. Um, also, he really wants to talk to Saruman. Um, and, you know, since Saruman was the one who had corrupted Theoden, it would be most fitting if Theoden accompanied Mr. Gandalf to uh, to Isengard because uh, he, he should have a chat with him, too. Um, but first, rest. Yeah, first they need to rest because the they did fight a battle. They They did fight a battle, and so it, they also need to bury their dead. Mm-hmm. And so they end up uh, burying their dead accordance to where they came from, which I thought was a very interesting detail. Like, yeah, they... the, the Easterling group was buried in one area and the Westerling were buried in another area. Be careful. You, 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 be careful using the word Easterling. All right. Because that's just, actually something different. I know. I know it is. Just you, I, I couldn't remember. I just know from the east, from the west. Yeah. The, but, um, they, but they had like, diff, it was like East Fold or something like that. The, the, the Easterling east... were the wild men from Dunland who sided with the orcs. The East Dales. And, and the and and the west all right okay but then those dudes some of them like kind of like bowed down to theoden and all them are like oh we're 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 we're, we're basically giving ourselves up but Mm -hmm. then like notes that they show mercy on them and like they were saying how saruman said that you would not Mm -hmm. show mercy on us that you would you were very despicable men yeah that was really cool bit and again that was another corruption that you know saruman had told the uh uh the, the hill folk that Rohan would w- would be brutal to, uh, to them and um, so he had you know of course kind of corrupted them to, to his own side and now of course they see uh, oh that, that, that was a big lie um, and so now the, the men of Rohan are saying you're gonna pay for what you did um, and and kind of atone for for your horrible actions of turning against men and never again will you raise arms against men never again will you pass isengard with with arms no no not cool <laughs> also they have a massive pile of dead orcs that they don't know what to do with they don't know what to, cool they can't because they can't burn them because they also one they don't have a whole lot of wood mm-hmm. and two they're not gonna go into that forest yeah, and once chop again, up those trees. Yeah, they, they know better than yeah. to attack the forest. Yeah, nobody is going to take an axe or any sort of blade to any of those trees. No, of course. But then I also liked, uh, so you know, they, they had to uh, take care of the dead and all that, uh, and and the men need the men need to rest because we've just fought this battle and we're weary. But then also Theoden says, also I am old. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a really nice 
character moment for him because I kind of. Yeah, he says there's like weariness to me that did not come from yeah. Worm Tongue or from Saruman, but only from the fact that I have lived a it's, long time. Yeah, it's just plain old. I'm old and tired and um, got to recuperate a little bit before I can continue. Um, so, yeah, uh, and then it also. We're, we're, we're reminded we're not riding into battle right now when we go to Isengard. We're going to talk. So um, we're not going to take a whole host to of parlay. men. To parlay. Yes, which means talk. Um. <laughs> I, I do love that a, a term derived from French ended up in Middle Earth. But I mean, well, all I mean, English really kind of derived from French. So anyway. It, it's, it's a piratical term too. Pirates use parlay. If only there were a, 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 a person who had been in a movie... Uh, about pirates, who was also in a movie about Lord of the Rings. Um, Jeffrey Rush? Featured. That'd be great. If only. Remember... Did you do... Jeffrey Rush would have been awesome in Lord of the Rings. Well, well, it, he should have... If a better version of The Hobbit existed, he should have been the mayor of Lake Town. Oh! Yeah! Maybe. He would have been a good mayor of Lake Town. But... Or he probably would have been... Who, who's... No, nah, we're not going to... I'll get on to that when we get to Return of the King, there actually. You go. There you go. If I remember this. <laughs> now, is it when they're traveling that Gimli and Legolas have their wonderful little conversation, or is that while they're resting? No, so it's like they, the people who are going to Isengard rest, and the people who aren't going to Isengard like clean up the battlefield okay. yeah. and pile up the orc bodies and bury their friends. And so when they set off to go to Isengard they discover that there's like a path like the forest that popped up like observed the the path that was already there and left it clean yeah so it's easy for them to ride through and it says that this time Legolas and Gimli are are sharing a horse uh and Gimli was afraid of the woods right he's been afraid of the woods ever since they got near Frangorn earlier I think it's cute that like Gimli is afraid of the woods, so he's like clinging to Legolas. Like this is like, you know, this is like Foe and Pen style slash <laughs> Tumblr fic right now. Oh no! Oh no! I'm sure there's some adorable fan art out there of this. But but there, he he's right to fear this forest though, kind of, and because it because it's it's weird. This is not you know a normal forest. Yeah. This is not normal forest behavior. It's not like this yes- forest has uprooted itself. It's not like a bunch of orcs went there and were like disemboweled by the trees or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, right. yeah. Uh, and, and, but you know the the men are wary of the forest too, and it's Gandalf who leads them on. And um, you know the the, the men are kind of, of worried about it. Um, and 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 Legolas does remark on the the kind of strange feel of the forest, and he remarks that the air feels hot and close, and he feels some kind of wrath. Uh, and that these are strange trees, and that these trees have voices, and that he should like to stay and learn from them and talk to them. And, of course, Gimli's response is, no, 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 we, I don't want to know. I don't want to I, I, I spend any more time here than I have to. And he feels that the trees hate anything that walks on two legs. Uh, to which Legolas responds, oh, no, it's only orcs that they hate. It's only orcs they, yeah. Right. Um, and he says he thinks that these trees come from Fangorn. Uh, and again, now we we come to this great conversation that you had alluded to earlier, yeah. which is so perfect. And I really want to make a point about this. Yeah. So Gimli uh, tells him, you know, well, 
you may find these trees wonderful, but me, I prefer the beauty of caves. And think think about me. I'm with Gimli on this one. <laughs> caves are awesome. I well, but it's it's, it's more like complex than this. No, yeah, wait, it is totally more complex. The caves that are behind Helm's Deep, the caverns behind Helm's dwarves, Deep. Like you know, he says that men use these caves as a last refuge, and it's like the last place that they would seek for safety. But if dwarves were in control of these caves, they would come from all over Middle Earth just to see them, and they would pay gold for the mere chance to. Right. Because they they were gorgeous. Like they had these these gems inside of them, and mm-hmm. also, and and he talks about like all this stuff inside of them. And Legolas comments like, "Well, wouldn't the dwarves basically mine them dry?" And he said, "Oh no, 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 you know, we he, wouldn't do that." He said. You know, he said, similarly to how similarly to how your people would not hew a great forest, my people would not come in here and destroy such beauty as this as that's that that's here. And Gimli Gimli launches into this it's, really poetic, just yeah. Explicitly, what he says is, no dwarf could be unmoved by such loveliness. Yeah, none of Durin's race would mine those caves for stones or ore, not if diamonds and golds could be got there. Do you cut down groves of blossoming trees in the springtime for firewood? Yeah. And then what I love is he says that they would, in fact, kind of shape the caves carefully as you would shape a garden. And, you know, maybe they would spend an entire day studying a wall before hitting it with a single hammer blow. Just in a way to, like, open it up and maybe reach more caverns that would be hidden. Right. And the same they w- the same way that you would cultivate... Uh, like like you said, a, a, a garden mm-hmm. and or you know a beautiful garden in the middle of a forest. That's what how you would treat a cavern such as this. Um, and yeah, it's just it was it's 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 a very impassioned moment yeah. because the way Gimli kind of comes across in this is like anybody who's very passionate and a very understanding of that's their livelihood from for the most part. And to kind of like end the section off. Uh, is it Legolas or Gimli who notes that if we make it out of this alive... It's Legolas, yeah. Legolas says, like, mm-hmm. you will come and see Fangorn, and I will go see with you the caverns under Helm's Deep. And they're like... Yeah. And that's cool. That's a great, great bit. And it's, you know, because Legolas remarks, he says, Gimli, you have spoken so beautifully that you have moved me to actually want to set foot in these caves. And, you know, his people... Do not normally. This is not normal elf behavior for him. He would not uh, normally want to set foot into in into the you know the the dwarves are to these magnificent caverns as the elves are to like a magnificent forest. Like, dude, I get it. So, this is but, great. <laughs> but dude, I get it. Your words are beautiful, and I want to go to there. I have to briefly uh, talk about something else because it's too topical. Um, I just glanced over at my like Twitter window in the background. And Paul Krugman tweeted that he is interviewing Bill de Blasio, and the picture he included was Frodo and Gandalf talking in the movie. And then Bill de Blasio replied and said, on my way, Paul Krugman, uh, with a picture of Gandalf using a laptop. <laughs> oh, that one. So, I, I, yeah. I, I, that, that's uh, the, the picture, um, and it says, the uh, please wait, the wizard is installing your software or something like that. I love it. So... Uh, I don't know why my favorite New York Times columnist and my mayor are talking using Lord of the Rings images on Twitter, but it seems relevant. But I Providence. appreciate it. Uh, that's great. But yeah, this... Yes, back to these caves. Back to this discussion between Legolas and Gimli. This is... Um, 
this is another mark of this great friendship that I so appreciate. But it's also important to note that these are two of our heroes, of course, right? Good people. And what are they both appreciating here? Each other's passions and livelihood? Yeah, but also some aspect of the beauty of nature. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so I want you to think about that uh, in, in your head brains and keep that thought in mind as we continue through this chapter because I'm going to come back to it. In a All right. While. Okay. But yeah, uh, so yeah, now, you know, they're, they're kind of just leaving the forest and Legolas kind of turns back to look one more time upon these great and strange trees and kind of cries out in surprise because what does he see? Eyes eyes. in the trees, which is uh, odd for a tree. Um, And immediately Legolas wants to turn back to go see more, uh, to which Gimli like immediately protests. No, 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 don't. I'm on this thing with you. (laughs) For some reason, Gimli's just not feeling living trees. No, not feeling trees with eyes does not want any part of this. Um, And but anyway, Gandalf tells Legolas to stay. You know, says uh, this is not your time to go to go back. Uh, But. So now what happens is three Ents come forward. And they and, and there's a lavish description of them, but I yeah. kind of felt like this is a great description, but I know what they are. I know what it was I, I knew I kind of knew it was coming. But mm, also these well, characters and, had not necessarily seen them yet. Right. So there was that. To me it was like kind of confusing in the way that it was exp- the, the way that it was described. But I feel like it's purposefully confusing because even though we as the readers know what Ents are and probably know that these are Ents, the, you know, Gimli and and such are not going to be making that connection. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of, that's sort of what we get throughout this book. You know, again, even though we have previously been introduced to Ents, the characters whose point of view we are seeing from right now have not yet. So every now and then we get that in Tolkien where, again, we're, we're seeing things from the point of view of the character. So this is kind of a mark of that there that um, I really appreciate it. Um, it. It may seem a little strange uh, if, if if you're not really noticing that as a reader, because again, like I said, you know, we have previously seen Ents. We've already had this description, but again, these characters haven't yet. Um, so yeah, the these these Ents come forward, and pretty much everyone in the company is like, "What is going on right yeah. now?" Uh, it, well, and they they start to like draw their swords. Yeah. And Gandalf says, no, no, no. you don't need weapons because these are herdsmen. Yeah. And Théoden is like, uh, what are they herding? <laughs> and, and Gandalf says, oh, Théoden, it would behoove you to remember the tales uh, passed down to you for their children in your kingdom who would recognize these immediately. Yeah. That's a great bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so again, you know, and we, we've seen this before from the people of Rohan. Like, this is something coming out of legend. This is, this is you know, fairy tales. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and Theoden, even I think he even uses that word legend. This is the stuff of legends again. Well, and they they keep going, and they're getting pretty close to Isengard at this point now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they do stop for another night, not too far out, right? Yeah. So they 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 continue on, and it's kind of a very dark and mournful moment that happens because so night is falling they're going on and there's 
carrion fowl in the sky and they're kind of picking at the bodies of fallen warriors you know and it makes Stanton feel really weird yeah and the riders are grieving their their fallen comrades and um and then they come to the fords where normally there is you know a a bubbling stream that goes over the rocks there but what does it look like now it's it's almost dry everything just they're getting to that point where where we've been hearing about how Isengard has become this very sickly, yeah, uh, gross place, and they're starting to see the the very edge of that, yeah, creep in. Um, yeah, because and Aomer remarks that he says that Saruman has destroyed a lot of fair things. It seems, and you know, is 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 this the doing of Saruman? And and Gandalf's kind of like, well, probably uh, we, we, uh, a lot we, of things. Yeah, maybe world's weird. <laughs> um. But then he he tells them at least the wolves are feasting on the orcs. So Ugh. there's a there's some indication of the kind of friendship they had. Um, but then they uh, they finally now reach uh, the foot of the misty mountains, and that's where they rest. Um, but as they're resting again, this it's just things are not. Like the, the the world is not looking good in this area. They see smoke and this strange steam that's rising um, in in the distance, and Aomer sees that and he says, you know, that's uh, this is rising from non Curanir, uh, which is uh, the Wizard's Veil, vale. and he says it's burning. Um, or, but but this is weird. It's like it's it's smoke, but it's also more like steam. So it's almost as if Saruman has boiled the water. Yeah, there is what what we're thinking. Well, and yeah, that. So what you're saying is that there's smoke on the water. Been a while from since that. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. <laughs> uh, what I did like though is the description of like, when the sun rises that morning. They can't even tell where the sun is because the fog is so. Yeah, thick. and there's this funk in the air, and it smells off. Yeah, it smells like orcs. It smells like got to be smelling like orcs. Burning, yes, yeah, just gross. Um, but also there's this. But but before the they see this weird sunlight in the morning, in the middle of the night, uh, oh, yeah. one of the watchmen yells out and pretty much wakes everybody up because the moon is gone. Yeah. The the some of the stars are out, but like there's this this kind of like darkness that's kind of like creeping over them, mm-hmm. and then it cuts back to Helm's Deep, mm-hmm. and then at Helm's Deep they note that the bodies of the orcs were there. And then the next day, they were they gone, weren't. leaving basically like a indentation in the ground mm-hmm. where they were. I thought they were built into a hill. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, but weirder than the orcs having disappeared. The fact that the forest disappeared. Yeah, the forest had, that, that, that had been there is no more. And it, it, it looks very strange, as though something has like pressed down on the grass. Um on the fields. You, you know what's weird about that? For trees and being trees and ants and all that stuff, for being supposedly moving slowly, they sure don't leave like they sure go away pretty quickly. I've been noticing well, and this. when the when they say when they see the three ants like coming towards the the forest, it says that they're walking with like a leg motion similar to herons. Mm-hmm. But not in speed, for they were walking even faster than the wings of Heron's beat. 
And I will say that that does seem kind of contrary to the notion that we've gotten from from Ents so far, because you would think of them as being slow-moving creatures. Well, I, it, I mean, there's a there's a difference between moving fast though and their stride being long. Long. Yeah. So I think that's maybe where. I'm just saying they're masters of stealth in a weird way. That's what I was getting at. Well, yeah. They just kind of seem to have a way of just boom disappearing. <laughs> We were here and now we're not. Um, but yeah, so this, you know, we, we wake up in the morning and there's this weird funk in the air and they continue on. Uh, so again, we've said, you know, this used to be a really nice and fertile place and Isengard used to have these great orchards and gardens and, you know, oh, and also over, overnight the, the stream came back. The, oh, yeah, the, yeah, the, the yeah, water yeah, came yeah, back. yeah. Um, but... But now as we get closer to Isengard, we see that the land is barren and kind of destroyed. So previously we had our heroes, our, our, our good folk, right, uh, talking about how they would cultivate and kind of help the natural beauty of, of, of the world to grow. And now we have the exact opposite of that. Right where trees have been hewn and there's this weird smoke billowing up in the air, um, so stark contrast mm-hmm. here between our heroes appreciating and preserving the natural world and our villains destroying it and corrupting go. it yeah. into something. That's 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 not great. So uh, that's something that I find so nice in this chapter. Well, and also, like, on top of that as well. So not only was there this corruptious area, but also there was a battle. Mm-hmm. And there are remnants of that battle still in place. Like, you know, the water... Pooling. The, the, the water yeah. pooling and the, the broken bits of things and two hobbits getting fat and smoking. And <laughs> you got broken down buildings and, you know, just regular battle stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they they finally have have come to Isengard, and we see we were we have the nice description of Isengard, what it looks like, and uh, this great pillar, the tower Orthanc, which previously had housed many great kings and men, right? Because it had been uh, cultivated. It's it's it would have been built, but it it almost looks as if it gr- has has grown. Yeah, out of I got the earth. a real yeah. tree vibe off of the descriptions and the, the kind of like the way it looks like in my brain. Like kind of it's it, it looks as though like a rock has just kind of jutted yeah. up out of the earth, but the Numenorians had had shaped it, and um, you know, again in old days it had been inhabited by great men and great kings, and since then Saruman has has kind of shaped it into. I, I think the the it, it's used in the text the word better quote unquote as he thought it to be yeah. for his purposes. Um and yeah it has these strange like horn like things sticking up out of the top of it and a you know flat um platform at the top of it uh, five hundred feet up where a man could stand and survey all around him, um and the name Orthanc. Um, the Elvish name for it is Mount Fang, and in the language of the Mark, the name for it is the Cunning Mind, which both are very quite really fitting. appropriate. Yeah, very fitting for uh, Saruman's uses of of Isengard. 
So as they're writing up, they see these signs, you know, have, that have the white hand on them. But when they get to the last great pillar before Orthanc itself, the hand uh, doesn't seem to be white anymore. And in fact, they see blood kind of dripping from the nails. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, to me, just is clearly indicative of the blood on Saruman's hands. Yep. That's and, the imagery. Yep. That's the, very much the imagery right there. Everything is twisting around to where he no longer seems to have much power in this area. Yep. And also to where, once again, he's um, he has failed in his original purpose and has <laughs> perverted his existence into something. <laughs> great, well, great, job. So, great job. Great job, Saruman. N- not great. Yeah. Great job, Saruman. <laughs> Once, once they get to the gate, which was previously described as, you know, there's this, this great kind of circle wall around the field that's a mile in diameter, mm-hmm. and there's only a single gate, uh, and it's an archway on either side of the wall with a tunnel and kind of an iron wrought gate that is mounted in such a way that you could move it with nobody hearing, but it was also very strong. and. Um, both light and heavy. So when they get there, they see that the gates have been ripped off of the wall and like mangled and gnarled. Yeah, and while the arches are still present, the tunnel is open air. But even more peculiar than that, <laughs> and the kind of the looming cloud of kind of steam over and the the carnage that they generally see is. When when they get there, uh, they see two small peculiar figures. Yeah. One looks like he's asleep, and the other one's sitting there smoking weed. <laughs> yeah. So here we are. Uh, we've come across our Hobbit friends who we've been pursuing for for so long, and yeah, Mary and Pippin are just kind of lounging there, and and well, Pippin actually is napping. Mary is 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 having a smoke. So Mary pops up and says, welcome, my lords, to IGR. <laughs> and, and so this now is so great because we have this stark contrast to their surroundings, right? Oh, we yeah. We had this yeah. just destruction and rubble everywhere and the clear signs of a battle having just been 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 fought here. And it's barren and bleak, this, this whole setting at Isengard. And now we have the humor and lightheartedness of hobbits uh, that comes in. And so... Addition, you know, not only are they in stark contrast to their init- uh, immediate surroundings, but in contrast to this, you know, greater battle that's looming against them as a whole. Because, you know, again, we still have war that's that's coming. Um, and I just, again, this is these are our heroes, which <laughs> which we've been told before. You know, this it's it's time for the little people to inherit th- uh, the earth, and um, how refreshing it is to come. Uh, I mean, not, you know, this is like isn't... eating off their spoils. And like, <laughs> it's like we won this battle or whatever. Well, so you're missing the best part, though, which is Mary introduces himself and Pippin. And, you know, like he says he was instructed to give this great welcome to the Lord of Rohan. Mm-hmm. And then Gimli's like, well, what about your friends? Yeah. And Gimli is both like super happy and like super annoyed that they're just sitting there like eating good food and smoking. And smoking. smoking. He's yeah. Gimli says that he's torn between rage and joy. <laughs> <laughs> that if I do not burst, it will be a marvel. Yeah. Um, and Theoden is just kind of like, I almost like feel amused or something, and like starts talking with, and then like 
Mary Pippin wi- or is a Pippin. Someone goes on about like their their family, and then like Gandalf says the best thing ever, which is like just if you talk to these guys, they'll just we'll go be on. here all day. We'll just, we don't have well, time. No, no, no. Pippin wakes up and tells Gimli, he's just like, hey. All that we're doing is enjoying like a well deserved, yeah. well earned feast. Yeah. And Gimli is like, somehow I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and that was that. There's a great moment. It's just you know, sass back and forth between friends that's happening right now. Um, and and again, Theoden is watching all this, and again he remarks, "This is the stuff of legends. Uh, are these halflings?" And you know, so they uh, Pippin says. You know, when or I forget if it's Mary or Pippin, but says we're hobbits, and uh, you know, and then kind of converses back and forth with Theoden a little bit, saying, you know, we we've come quite a quite a ways from our homeland, but never has anyone heard of us before. And Theoden again says, well, we don't know anything about you except that you live far away and that you live in holes, and uh, and, and and you can disappear if you want to. Um, and that's yeah, that's the point when then the hobbits are like, well, let me tell you about this and that and my my grandfather and his grandfather before him. Yeah. And this really great well, pipe weed. Because Thayden, Thayden says, I, I did not know that you smoked. Yeah. And that's when Mary is like, oh, well, that's a recent tradition. You know, old Toby kind of grew the first pipe weed, blah, blah, and blah, And more blah, blah, importantly, blah. it's an art. It is an art. Right? <laughs> uh, and that's, yeah, now Gandalf at this point has to step in and cut him off and says, you know, God, we'll be here all yeah, day and don't longer. Let him, we, got, uh, we, got, we got to talk with Treebeard because Treebeard's got to be around here somewhere. Right. And Thayden's like, when we get back to Edoras, I want to hear all. I want to hear okay. all about. I want to hear this. all about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's 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 great. It's like Theoden at this moment is someone who's being introduced to Hobbit culture for the first time, and oh, we lost John again. Says he's on hold. So just keep going. Okay, uh, is being introduced to Hobbits, Hobbit culture. Are you back? Yeah, I got a phone call <laughs> and it paused the sky. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Okay, so Theoden at this point is being introduced to, to Hobbit culture for the first time. And like I truly think anyone who is introduced to Hobbit culture at the first time is fascinated by it and really wants to know more. But we'll have to wait for that for later because we have more pressing matters at hand. And that's it. That's really it, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. they just kind of like ride yeah. off to go see Treebeard. And also they note that Saruman and Wormtongue are still in there somewhere. Well, and that was also I so Mary had said that they they said so where is Treebeard? And Mary said, "Oh, he's off at the northern wall getting a drink." And then Gandalf is like, "Well, did he leave any message for me?" And Mary gets around to it and sa- and basically says, "Oh yeah, the message was to go meet him at the northern yeah. wall." <laughs> yeah, I loved that so much. <laughs> Everybody's just bumming around, all right? We had a big day. Well, this was, you know, yeah, they're 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 having a nice little moment to uh revel in the spoils of victory. Uh however small of a victory this may be in the grand scheme of things, it's still a victory and they haven't been able to celebrate that feeling yes. in a long well, since while. maybe Rivendell. Yeah. Maybe. So this, yeah. I mean, again, you know, there there are still things to be done and dark times ahead but this is a nice um reprieve from that for for all of our heroes indeed so my favorite part i don't know about you guys uh was just gimli talking about the caves and like detailing how the dwarves would like shape the caves and grow them and appreciate them 
Well, that was my favorite part that, too. That, so what are you talking was, about? Yeah, that was my favorite part too. Are we I mean, all three honestly, in agreement on the this, favorite part? I think this is the first time. That no, this is the say, second time. No, this happened before. This happened before. When? I don't remember. But it happened before. Not all three of us. It was all three of us. I think. Really? It was in. It was yeah. It was in Fellowship of the Ring at some point. Okay, if you find that, tell me. But otherwise, I'm saying that this is a talking Tolkien first. Listeners, go back and we, figure this one out. <laughs> and that our, our our favorite moment from the text was th- the same. But, but yeah, no, that was that was just it's, great. It's because it's the best. It's the, it's best. the best scene. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Anything else to add to that part? Or in general. Oh, is this like our favorite thing from the week? Yeah, this is the freeform part of the podcast. You know what I'm happy about? Baseball's coming back. You know what I did on Friday night? Watched the baseball? I stayed up up till 2 a.m. And I watched the World Baseball Classic Qualifiers for 2017 between South Africa and Australia. That's awesome. It was was great. Uh, I was rooting for South Africa, but uh, Australia won. So... But what's interesting is like this is gonna be a continuing thing. Like where there's gonna be more 2017 qualifiers throughout mm-hmm. the year. There's like one I can't remember where the next one is, but I but there's one that's gonna be in like Brooklyn in like September or something like that. So they're gonna keep these going. But baseball's about to come back, and I'm very I'm very happy. I, yeah, I I love baseball season. Requisite shout out to the uh, baseball team that most embodies the spirit of the fellowship, which would be the, the Detroit New York Tigers. Games. I was gonna say the Detroit gonna say Tigers, the, the 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 Blue Jays, but whatever. <laughs> we will continue to feud about this. The Detroit uh, Tigers was it? Um, no, I just I don't see how that comes down. <laughs> maybe maybe if we're talking about Saruman. Come on, if anything, the Yankees are Saruman. Oh come on! That's, I, you, we both know pr- that's not true. Pr- if anything, the Yankees are Denethor. <laughs> I probably should say this, but I'll recommend this specifically for Katie. But I watched a great doc on the uh, Pistons mm-hmm. a couple days ago about the Pistons during the '90s, and I was thinking of you and thinking you probably should watch that. '90s Pistons were were, were good Pistons. Early 2000s Pistons were good too. Yeah, um, I, I've been very sad about them lately. They they've just not been doing well. Their 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 time was a lot seasons. like they they were kind of like the New York Mets yeah. for a while there where they were really scrappy. Yeah. No so. one gave a, no one cared about them until like the Mets won a World Series. Same thing with uh, the Pistons when they won whatever you win in basketball because I don't know <laughs> basketball very well. <laughs> All right. Um, any recommendations of what y'all are reading or watching or consuming? Um, well, I, so I have another, another sports, I guess, for this, for my recommendation this week. Cause so in addition to, to baseball starting up, it's, um, it we're it's, it's nearing the end of the season in figure skating. And this, uh, right now the, the, in these couple days, what's happening is the four continents, which is, um, so, you know, we have worlds, which is uh, everybody, but before yeah. that worlds is, uh, end of March, early April is when that happens. So before that, the, um, there's the European championships, which are a couple weeks ago. And what's happening right now is four continents, which is kind of like the Europeans for everybody who's not in Europe. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's, it's like USA, Canada and Japan and China basically. Um, and, uh, so that's going on right now. And, uh, drama is unfolding and it's oh, great. Yeah. And there, the, I, I, uh, there, there was a huge score posted in pairs by one of my favorite 
uh, pair is a Chinese pair, uh, Sway and Han, and they oh, they were fantastic. But I'm excited about that. I always get excited about competitions happening and drama unfolding. It's great. <laughs> I was actually at a bar last night getting too inebriated for a Wednesday night, and uh, that was on. <laughs> Me too. Actually. Oh, interesting. Mine was my ch- poison choice. Apparently, was whiskey last night. So. <laughs> Me too, actually. <laughs> uh, although I was on a date. It went well. Good uh, for you. Thank you for asking. <laughs> um, <laughs> my recommendation, all I can say is that Broad City is back. I watched the first 30 seconds of that very first episode, and I was remarking how that first 30 seconds is just the best. Yep. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what, what comes in, in season three of that show. Just all the greatness. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's the truest portrayal of life I've seen in New York City. <laughs> not that I, not that I really party like Abby or Alana do, but still, if you have not watched Broad City, it is not oh really yeah, sure. well worth the investment. Like I, I, we, we in this in this apartment, we have been just rewatching seasons one and two, getting ready. Be, I don't know if it's so much getting ready for season three, but more just like something to hold us over yeah. until season well, three. So what I love is, you know that amazing gag where Alana is holding the shower pole on the subway and people think that it's like a subway pole and they try and yeah, themselves yeah. with it and everyone falls yeah. over? Oh, yeah. Well, in the bit at the beginning of season two, episode one, where they're racing through the train from one end to the other, yeah. they pass a girl who is doing that. Like just in the background, he's <laughs> here for one <laughs> Nice. So, yes. Well... If there's not anything else to add, I will say that next week we're going to be reading Chapter 9, Flotsam and Jetsam. Ew. That's a really gross sounding title to me. I can't explain why. Flotsam and Jetsam? Yeah. Well, so be it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, I... I'm going to do my pitch again where I beg you, please, please, please give us five stars on iTunes and write a little quip if you can. Uh, it's super helpful. It really helps us gain exposure. And generally, you guys have been wonderful about that. So I really appreciate it. And thank you again to everybody who tweets us and Facebook messages us and comments and all that jazz. We love hearing from you guys and talking to you. It's fun. Uh, and thank you once again to our Patreon supporters for uh, throwing us a dollar when you can. Um, it's really has helped us so much to be able to um, create Facebook ads and uh, maintain our website and purchase uh, new equipment. We just got to purchase some mic arms and pop filters that are helping us out a whole lot. Uh, thank you so much to Aaron Crawford, Benjamin John Macy, Ariel Alm, Brian Osborne, Michael Smith, Jacob Verma, Mike Williams, Micah, and Avon McMaster. Yeah. The Mike Arbs are yeah. the reason why you'll notice that this last week and this week have sounded slightly better than the weeks beforehand. Because again, yeah, Chase and I are not hunched over the yeah. table like, <laughs> like like some kind of I strange breathe <laughs> while doing a podcast. That's a new feeling. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna do a shout out again since we haven't done this in several months. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you'd like, we do have a survey at talkingtalking.com/survey. I believe that's the right. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, I know some of the questions might seem a little weird. Like, hey, do you rent your house or do you own it? <laughs> how much do you How much do you make a year? And like, I didn't write this survey. This survey was provided by 
the hosting company that we use for our podcast as a way to like, it's their marketing survey. So if any of the questions feel uncomfortable, like feel free not to answer them. Mostly we're interested in the feedback on the quality of our product. And I think with that, that's all I have to say. So thanks everyone. I'm John. I'm Katie. And I'm Chase. And we'll see you next week. I don't know why I felt like doing that. I've had tree beer on the mind. Thank you for listening to Talking Tolkien. You can find us online at TalkingTolkien.com and you can send us an email to the professor at TalkingTolkien.com. We are also Talking Tolkien on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, and Stitcher. If you're an iTunes subscriber and you like what you hear, please be sure to give us a rating and review. We also have a Patreon account where you can donate as little as $1 per month to help us grow our podcast and help with expenses such as microphones and server space. Every little bit is appreciated.